0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Xamarin Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest and greatest in mobile development for Xamarin developers covering the world of Xamarin.NET, Azure, and more. I'm Matt Sokup.
1: I'm James Montemagno, and let's get right to the news this month because we had a big conference in May. I don't know if you heard of it, Matt. It's called Microsoft Build. Were you there? Did you hear about this? You know about this?
0: You know what? I, I, I did hear about it, but I wasn't there. I was here though for my house. So,
1: yeah, <laughs> me too. Me too. And in fact, uh, it was uh, a different type. I think, we a, obviously, a lot more attended. Uh, people attended build this year, which was awesome. It was fully free, fully online. Uh, it was really great to see just the sort of different uh, ways of of doing the sessions and doing the keynotes. Uh, it was fun to watch. I was in. I was in uh, part of in part of about three or four different ones. Sort of answering Q and A. And you know, each session was done in three different time zones. So it would be like 9 a.m., 4 p.m., and 3 a.m. or whatever. And that was crazy. Did you have to do any super morning early wake-ups to answer q and
0: I did not. I put all my Q&A when they sent around a sign-up sheet. I kind of strategically put it all in the Pacific time range where I knew I was going to be awake. So I, I cheated a little bit, but it worked out fine for me. Yeah, it worked out good for me. I did wake up really early
1: one day. To watch Mads uh, and Dustin do C-sharp 9, which was super fun. Uh, that was a good video. What's, what's cool now is I can go back and sort of re-watch them and enjoy them on, on the Build page. Yeah, nice. Uh, but I don't know if you know, we had some new big announcements
0: at Build. Huge announcements, James. Now, fill us in because I know it's going to be a lot of questions around one of the things that you're going to be talking about here in a second.
1: Yeah, so I at build you know last podcast we talked about Xamarin Forms 4.6 uh was announced uh which was awesome and was put out there and of course we're going to continue um working and iterating on Xamarin Forms uh to hit a 5.0 roadmap. David Ort now. Um, and I put together this great blog post of all the great things that were happening at build and a good recap of everything. And him and Maddie did an awesome session on all the new things coming out in that just came out in Xamarin forms and that will be coming out in the roadmap to Xamarin forms 5.0, including uh, a whole bunch of new things like, um, um, what is in this thing? So we have gradient brush brushes, path shapes, uh, new type converters, tab view at bar, uh, all sorts of new stuff leading up to a release, which will be this fall, September or so. Um, and what's really cool is that in this fall transition period, .NET 5 is happening. So in this blog post, uh, we um, David and I also outlined um, some of the big uh, exciting announcements that both um, Scott Hunter and Scott Hanselman announced with .NET 5. Now, obviously, we're in the middle of a global pandemic and a lot more uh, happening in the world right now. And um, that sort of shifted a lot of the different time frames of things that will be released. Uh, but .NET 5 still is happening uh, this fall. Uh, however, um, there is sort of a change in what's happening with the Xamarin workload and some of the new stuff we announced uh, coming. And that will be in the .NET 6 wave. So next year, so 2021, which makes sense. I mean, you know, you know, you got to prioritize some things, get them done. Everyone's working at different capacities, and it's also not a time for huge fundamental uh, change in, in how you build and do stuff, but continue to iterate. So there'll be a lot of new stuff going on. But I think the biggest announcement um, that Scott Hunter did, and, and also David and Maddie followed up on in, the, in this video, that's linked in the article, the journey to one.net, is how they talk about everything going. So Blazer going into .NET 5, all this stuff, and they talk about where we're at in the state of .NET 5, .NET 6, And how Xamarin will will shift into um, iOS for .NET, Android for .NET, into .NET 6. And then we will be evolving Xamarin Forms into a brand new generation of cross-platform UI for both mobile and desktop across iOS, Android, Windows, and Mac with .NET MAUI, the .NET Multi-Platform App UI Framework. And this is really cool because it's more than just a rebranding. Actually, it's a whole new next-generation framework for building cross-platform apps. It's built on top of um, all the great work that's going into .NET 5 and .NET 6, so a brand-new project system, uh, all of the new BCL and .NET 6 goodness that will be there. And it will also alleviate some of the architecture restraints um, that have been on the framework for many years. It's actually been six years, by the way. Forms turned six years old uh, in at the end of, of May, which is crazy to think about. I remember the 1.0 release uh, just felt like yesterday. Uh, but you know, we've been using XAML, MVVM for a long time. And Donna MAUI will bring actually first-class support um, for a code-first development style with MVU, our Model View Update, It's gonna have a brand new architecture under the hood that will enable all sorts of simplified rendering, um, speed improvements, so sort of getting rid of some of the cruft um, that has been in in the platform since the beginning, but also means that since it's built on this new generation of .NET, the project system is evolving. You get easier code sharing with .NET projects, but we're also focusing, The team is really focusing really hard on what does it mean to build cross-platform apps? So how do you get rid of um, complications with cross-platform fonts, cross-platform images, and how do you build super productive features like Hot Reload in from the beginning? So um, David um, gave a great demo of using VS Code on a Mac with MVU style to deploy right from Visual Studio Code iOS and Android projects, which is super cool. And also, Hunter in his session, and David went in further, is inside of the full IDE, you'll see one project and all of your source code lives there. And you'll have these like little platform folders um, that will enable you to easily just add platform specific code if you need it. Just, you know, you don't have to worry about different head projects, all this stuff. And you can also add all of your images, all your resources, all your ResX files, and it all just works in one beautiful cross-platform project that you can then deploy to your your phone, uh, to your desktop, wherever you're at, and be super productive with hot reload and hot restart technology built in right from the start. So, it's super exciting. uh, and. You know, that stuff won't start shipping until uh, the previews of .NET 6, which will probably be like this fall or something like that this winter. I'm not really sure exactly when that is since .NET 5 is this fall. Um, then .NET 6 comes after that. And then it will be released into GA um, next year. And it will be a whole migration strategy, things like that. So if you're already working in Xamarin Forms, don't worry. You got a long roadmap ahead of you and year support after .NET MAUI is released. Um, but... Uh, there'll also be trend, trend, you know, migration tools and things like that. So it should be a pretty easy transition. I'm, and I'm super stoked for it. And there's a lot of information, Matt. I just, just went for it.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you did. And we'll, re, I'll reiterate that we will put the, in the show notes, the videos, the blog posts and everyone, so everybody can go back and read it for themselves. But a couple of points I wanted to bring up again, just to reiterate them. VS code Xamarin. Mind blown. Right. That's, that's something I, yeah, it's something I've heard a lot of like, Oh, I want to write a Xamarin app in VS code. You can, well, you will be able to. And, um, there was some, Oh, the, the architecture, the way you're just going to be able to write an app, it's going to be like one single project and, and the way you're redoing the fonts and all the, all the resources, that's amazing stuff. And MVU model view update. It's evolving. The architect, everything is kind of moving on and, it's super fun to see, and actually, I'm kind of glad that it is going to be in .NET six to give us a while to get used to the, all the newness, the new newness coming out. So, i i I think
1: I think so. Like, if if it was just a hey, we're going to you know, add a few things, and it's really just a you know hidden Xamarin forms under the hood, then you know you would you would see that a lot earlier. But really, it's this re envisioning. And uh, I remember you know, when David and um, Shane and Samantha were all like talking about all the things, you know, the the development team really had just, there's a lot of learnings from all the years and the hundreds of hundreds of interviews that the PM and engineering teams have done with developers building apps with Forms and understanding where not only developers are going, but where mobile and desktop applications are going too. So I think it's really great. And uh, it's also great to see, you know, collaboration with the Windows team. Like, you know, the the .NET Maui applications will use WinUI 3, um, which come WinUI 3 launches this fall. So, you know, there's a big transition to get that in there too, and and for for Windows desktop applications to build those apps. So, it's very exciting times.
0: Indeed, it is. Yeah, it's always we always say that it's a great time to be a .NET developer. It still is, and it still will be. So, really super exciting. Um, another thing that we launched at Build, or it actually came launched right after Build, is um, something that kind of coincides with Channel 9, so a lot of live videos, is something we're calling Learn TV. So over, we have docs.microsoft.com slash learn, which is where you can go and get lots of free learning um, tutorials and so on, where you can There's hundreds of courses that you can take. They're split up into modules. They're splitting up into learning paths, which have several modules to it. There's a Xamarin learning path there. Essentially, you can learn anything you want about Microsoft technology by going to learn. I'm not talking about that, though, but it is kind of related to that. It's called Learn TV. And what that is, is that you can go out and view videos. It's like curated videos. A lot of it does come from Channel 9, but there's also live streams going on as well. So pop on over there and it's this really neat intersection of the channel nine videos. There's eventually going to be shows that go on there and then the live streams as well. Maybe we'll have some user group live streams going on or maybe just like some if we had the Ignite the tour, if you remember that back uh, this past um, winter. And so you get these like conference sessions just being talked about. So we actually be able to broadcast like from my office here. So it's a, this really neat intersection of both conference talks, live streams, and pre-recorded shows all going on at once. And it's brand new right now, so we're kind of working out how we want to do all the content streaming out. So if you have ideas or what you'd like to see better, hit me up on Twitter. And But it's really neat, super excited about it. And I'll uh, put, put in the show notes the direct link and some um, more information. We can kind of go read about it, what the thought process that we had behind it all.
1: Yeah, very cool. I've been tuning in. Obviously, I'm on Twitch all the time watching stuff. It's cool just to now there's a, you know, a nice little um, schedule on the right hand side that's new and kind of iterating, getting feedback. You can sort of click on one, see what's live, uh, things like that. It's cool. And then you get all sort of different featured content that's sort of up to date. So it's kind of like a one stop shop of, hey, what's happening in the world of Microsoft Dev, and you're going to see all sorts of different things there. I mean, it's not all just .NET stuff. You're going to see all sorts of Azure stuff and JavaScript stuff and VS Code stuff and and Xamarin stuff. So it's uh, pretty cool. I'm pretty cool. Yeah. Well, uh, so I have fallen in love with Xamarin Form Shell in the most recent of months. I've been building a brand new application that I launched last month for Animal Crossing um, that I'm doing some sessions on and, and I've been blogging about. And in that, I learned just so much. Sometimes, you know, to learn a new technology, it's, it's good to like read the docs and try to update my app to use it. But then you're like, yeah, you know, it's kind of working already. I don't want to shoehorn it. And and, and I started File New and it went all in on Shell. And I'm so glad I did. I learned so much about how to architect applications, how the navigation parameters work, passing data around, navigating, deep linking. So I started this uh, blog series on the Xamarin blog called Shell Quick Tips. And I have a whole bunch of these coming out. And the first one is called Passing Data. And, uh, you know, we have great docs that detail this and in in depth of navigation, but I wanted to really break it down and just say, Hey, here's sort of what you can do, how you can navigate and show you a very simple, uh, example of passing data around with different parameters. So in this example, I show, Hey, here's how you, you know, pass data from page one to page two. So I have a button clicker and I navigate across, here's how you can, you know, put additional parameters. Um, going forward and do back navigation and go up and down and all this stuff. And I even outline how I use this um, in my Animal Crossing app uh, to do deep linking. So I use this full sort of deep linking scheme to let Forms propagate and, and build up my entire UI for me based on the URL and passing parameters around um, via the, the app link API. And it's really cool. I mean, in just a few lines of code, I was able to implement an entire navigation stack, passing parameters. And when a user clicks on that link, just opens up and navigates and creates the back stack and does everything humanly possible. It's really, really cool. Uh, so that's the first start and you'll see a lot more. This one's a little bit longer. It's not really a quick tip. It's kind of, I mean, it is a quick tip, but it's, yeah, you know, the, the next ones will be even, you know, qu- quicker if you will
0: as far as the quick tips go the quicker tip but no this this article is super worth it just for the deep linking when i was reading through it um passing the parameters and all that stuff is i knew about it but the deep linking i was like no way i mean i never even thought of it and it's like Tot- totally makes sense so definitely check that article out the quick tips first part come for the deep linking the bottom part Come for the to, tips.
1: Stay for the deep linking. Try to surprise you with something
0: like, oh, didn't know you could use it that way. Yep. I, I, I didn't. And it's like, oh, that totally makes sense. I'm going to redo that. So uh, there's another great blog post that we have out there by Alexi. And this is something I also uh, was doing a couple of years ago. And He made it look way easier. And we're talking about here iOS extensions. And uh, what an iOS extension is, you can kind of think about that as like when you're browsing a web page in Safari and you hit that little share button, the little um, rectangle with the arrow pointing out of it. And you get a bunch of different options of what you can do with that web page. Like you could text it to somebody, you can go tweet it or, you know, different things you can extend that web page or you can share it with things. And what Alexi does is he goes through and shows how you can create your own extension, which is going to be as, um, an iOS uh, container, but reuse some Xamarin Forms pages or a, a single page within it. So, that, this is super cool. So, you're going to be able to use a Xamarin Forms page, which you could have actually in a Xamarin Form app, but put that into a Xamarin iOS extension. So, are you following me with with this, James? A little bit? Am I? Am I making sense so far here? I am, but you
1: are because what you're saying is, I'm already reusing my UI across apps for iOS, Android, and Windows. But now you're saying I can reuse parts of my application in extensions in iOS, which are so I don't have to generate my own UI completely separately. So I can reuse reusable reused UI.
0: Exactly. Yeah, because iOS extensions are just iOS right there. There's a little special iOSy thingy extensions. So it, yeah, it's pretty cool. And the article is definitely worth checking out as well. And, um, it sounds like it's difficult to do, but it's really, Alexi does a great job of making it not difficult to do.
1: Yeah, it was fun. I remember when, uh, Alexi came and I was like, "Yeah, hey, I have this idea. Cause I was working with a customer that needed to do it. And i was like, yeah, that sounds great. And then totally did it kind of blew my mind. So Ah, now I will say, as we move on into the cloud news, I usually let you handle all of it, but I figured I'd tee you up on this one because uh, you've been working on this for a while. I proposed it for a while. The team had proposed it for a while. Everyone had been wanting to do this for a while, but it finally happened. There is now one dedicated documentation page for Azure and for mobile developers. Like if you are a developer looking to build mobile apps, And you want to use some Azure stuff. It's all combined into one source. And I think that you, Matt, may have had something to do with this.
0: James, this has been my life's work for like the past three years. (laughs) No, it it hasn't been that long. But it's one of those things where there's a lot of putting together the little bit of pieces and trying to get them out there to work all together. And um, so, yeah, it's it's uh, it's. This past spring, I've just been trying to put it together, and we finally got it out there, and it's one of those things where, yeah, I want to have a piece of chocolate cake now because because it came together. And so what this is is that we have a bunch of different documentation of using mobile apps, Xamarin apps with Azure, but it's all over the place, and sometimes you might have to hunt it down. But this documentation center brings it all together for you, and it brings it together like in a scenario-based way. So let's say I want to actually put some authentication in and eventually I'm going to want to call out the Azure storage. Well, you go here and this gives you that narrative to put it together with. And not only that, it gives you a way, or it's a single landing page for that too. And it sits on a top level page with um, like the .NET Azure Developer Center or the Python or the JavaScript. So when you're going to learn how to develop with a certain technology with Azure. Xamarin's right there on the front page as well, which is a very great way, but we're not done. We are not done with that at all. We're also updating the azure.com mobile pages because they were a little bit dated to make sure that they reflect the latest and greatest in Xamarin technology developing with the cloud. We're making Xamarin pristine everywhere, two thumbs up. And wherever you go, however you get into the Microsoft documentation set, It's going to work for you. And it's just one of those things where there's a million different people involved and trying to get everybody on the right page and a lot of moving parts. And we got them all moving together. And another part of it is that we're going through and we're reviewing all the documentation pages that talk about Xamarin and um, Azure and making sure those are up to date and still valid. So far, they all have been with some very few exceptions. But with those exceptions, we were rewriting them. And uh, Mike Parker over on the uh, mobile customer advisory team actually has come up with this brand new tutorial on push notifications for Xamarin Forms, which we did not have before, but it's definitely needed for um, Azure notification hubs and push notifications. It's there. It's easy to get to now through the, no- or the developer center. I'm calling it the modernizing of the documentation.
1: Lovely. I think that's so yeah. cool. Very, very nice. Yeah, I'm excited to see this and continue to the update. And yeah, go to the page, give some feedback. There's a little button on there. You can give feedback and tell Matt
0: what you want to see. Yep. We're always making it better. So yeah, let me know. This came to, for me, really insightful and helpful is the different ways to do messaging for cloud messaging. So James, do you know how many different ways you could do cloud messaging?
1: 100, 185.
0: Plus a million. Wow. It's just it, it is crazy. Like there is uh there's event hubs, there's service bus, there's queues. I mean, you can even put um storage queues, or you can even put a, a signal r into it. And what what I did is I found this Azure Friday, where um, we, uh, Hanselman and Rob Karen go through and talk about all the different ways you could do messaging in Azure and break it down when you would want to use what. And it's super duper helpful. And it's just all of a sudden, everything that Azure offers makes sense. And so you're like, oh, now I know when to use event grids as opposed to event hubs. <laughs> and, and it's only like a 10 minute show. And, and so you can, and it's just like, oh, right, now, now it makes sense. I know when to use that for my application. Because a lot of times when you're building a mobile app, you're going to have, well, obviously, a lot. you're going to have a back-end to it, but you're also going to have a front-end to it, and so you might want to put your messaging into a queue to have another back-end pick it up so you're not overriding or hitting your one back-end too much. So, like, think about if if you're doing a shopping cart or something where just put it in a queue and then let the shopping cart engine pick it up later. And, um, yeah, so this is totally interesting, and it's only... 10 minutes of your time and totally worth it.
1: So I think so. I definitely give it, I'm going to give this a view right after we're done recording. I love it. There's so much stuff. I use a few of these services. So it'd be kind of cool to compare and contrast. So I like it.
0: Yeah. And uh, that leads us right up to the Azure service of the month. And you're never going to guess what this is about. Azure Storage queues, and I know last month James, you were big up on the <laughs> big up on the Azure storage tables. Yeah, and so this is just another one a part of the whole Azure storage options. And let me talk about a little Azure storage a little bit. There. So you have an Azure storage account, and as part of that account, you come with a bunch of different. I'll call them sub services where you have the blobs, you have the tables, you also have another thing called files, which you can kind of think of as a oh a disk storage file system out in the cloud so you can actually mount it to your machine and then save files out there uh, over like smb um, something like that and you also have queues and then the azure storage queues are really really um, basic and simple it's where you just put a message out there and something else can pick up that message and then operate on it Um, azure functions is a great way to work with it and so the storage queues itself what's interesting about them is that they can get huge you can store over 80 gigabytes of information onto a single queue Mm. what's really interesting about that each individual message cannot be bigger than 64 kilobytes so you can imagine how many how many uh messages you could have on there 64 kilobytes and 80 gigabytes anyway Uh, a lot
1: yeah yeah
0: (laughs) anyway you get transaction logs then where um as things go off you can then replay them to see what your transaction log look like or how things happen like if something failed or not your message lifetime it'll stay on there for one week and so it's a really basic queuing system it's like i i'm gonna say like the first entry into a message queuing and um because it's in storage it's going to be super cheap and it's a great way just uh start in playing around and kind of getting your feet wet into the whole asynchronous messaging ecosystem
1: sure. you know and i thought about this recently for the app i was building and i had a conversation uh with my partner who is a back-end api expert uh so i was i was inquired I was like what is this q thing i was literally asking her this a few weeks ago i was like oh you know because i was talking about functions i started doing this stuff and sort of how i would apply it to how she uses at work and, and how I could kind of apply it to mine. And I I thought about cues as something interesting is, Hey, I did something and I don't want to do a bunch of other stuff right now because I need to return some status, right? You update something. You're like, I I call a function to like put, put some data or push some data. I don't want to process a bunch of stuff right now. I want to get my, that information back to my client as fast as possible. And then you, you could then say, Hey, something happens, So go push that up on the queue and anybody listening can do that. So a good example is, you know, like, Hey, I want to send push notifications to all people that have subscribed to this. And that's a bunch of work, or right? you got to go query the database. You got to go do this thing. So you could just, every time someone does something, push that up on the queue, process those on interview, interview intervals that are appropriate, because maybe you're like, Oh, I want to, you know, make sure people don't, you know, jam on a button too much. You might process them at some certain time. You push it up on the queue and then you process those. And that's when you're just running a service somewhere that you're not responsible for uh, getting back to a consumer where you then go query. Oh, okay. I got this message from this person who subscribed. Is it like within their thing and you process a bunch of stuff and then you send the push notification. So even that's just one use case of probably billions of use cases uh, for the queue and for your mobile app, right? My mobile app's not listening for stuff on the queue. That would be not 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 exactly what you'd want to do. But my backend, you know, that I'm already using is, is able to kind of integrate into that world.
0: Exactly. And I always think a good example of a queue is, you know, how you place an online order and you just get like with back, like, all right, here's your order number, but you still wait a couple of minutes and you get the order confirmation email. that lets let you know, all right, they really did get it. Most likely went on a queue. And, and mm-hmm. that point, and it let, let's the backend pick it up and handle. And, and the queues, address storage queues, can't do this, but but um, I think service bus can. It can do deduplication of messages. Like if somebody was just jamming on the key, and um, so it finds out, all right, you know, these twenty messages came in here. They all are the same one, so let's deduplicate it. Throw out the, you know the other ninety nine messages that came in that weren't weren't the one original one. So yeah, super duper cool.
1: Nice. Well, that, of course, brings us to everyone's favorite part of the pod pick of the week. What do you got for us, Matt, this week?
0: All right. So I was reading our good friend, John Dick or Red. Is that how, how do you pronounce his uh, his uh, handle? It, I've Redth. always
1: gone with Rev but I, I, Rev, Rev, but I don't know. I don't actually know. And he won't tell me where it came from. So I don't actually know. Oh, really? <laughs> <It's a mystery.
0: laughs> I was going to have to DM him and ask him, buddy. Yeah, I guess not. But uh, all right, so he had an article recently. wrote in his blog about using settings.json and local settings.json. So if you're coming from the web world, you, you'll recognize these. We uh, just kind of where you would put various um, like configuration settings, but using those in a Xamarin app. And I thought, you know, this is you know ingenious. And what he does, he actually goes through and he has a build script, MS build. Go through and look to see if, all right, if I'm in still in debug mode, I'm gonna to try to use local.settings.json, unless it doesn't exist, and I'm gonna use settings.json. And it's a great way to put, like if you're developing and you have your local web server that you want to hit off of, put it in local settings.json. But you know, when you go to production, settings.json is gonna have your real web server name. And that's just something you know I thought of off the bat. Local settings.json can put that in your gitignore file. Doesn't get checked in. Settings.json. That gets checked in. Gets pushed up to the repo. So stuff like that. Obviously, you wouldn't want to have any API keys or anything in either one. Put yeah. those in Key Vault. But, you know, it's just something really cool that I thought, hey, this kind of coming over for a good idea from, like, the ASP.NET web world. We can use it in the um, Xamarin world. And he gives, like, a full implementation of how you would use it and also how to use it. Like all the code is there, so you just can pop it in. So Yeah.
1: Yeah, super cool. And I, I sort of talked about that a bit in a blog I did a long time ago about reusing sort of the host builder stuff from ASP.net in your app. And that I didn't even think about doing, swapping the the two things or just using it independently, right? So
0: it's pretty cool. So then James, um, so we used to have the Seattle.net, mobile.net users group. And then uh, for obvious reasons that had, we can't meet, online anymore or in person anymore. So, how is that going on? I mean, what's going on now?
1: Yeah, it's been it's fun and that actually leads me to my sort of pick of the week is uh, you know, a lot of user groups have gone virtual this year. Uh, but also there's a lot of user groups that are struggling uh to figure out the technology side of it, the streaming side of it, having the machine horsepower to to power those or just get things uh lit up. So, I propose something that the .NET Foundation about a few months ago, I think a month and a half ago, two months ago, and said, I really think that would be great is if, if there was something like a .NET virtual user group and it would be its own online presence, you know, on meetup.com. And the goal of it is not necessarily to run its own user group events, but to support and enable user groups to continue their active user group and to promote them. Because right now, as user groups shift online, you still run into that, that issue, which is how do you get set up? How do you organize? How do you do all these things? And then also, user groups that are virtual, why aren't those just global You know, at, at some point? Um, and let everybody in. So the .NET virtual user group is run by the .NET Foundation. There's a few of us that are co-organizing. Myself, um, uh, Claire uh, uh, Novotny, uh, John Galloway, um, and also Sarah from the, the team and a few other uh, Foundation members. And we're giving it a go. We're just starting it. There's one meetup scheduled, which actually is the next Seattle Mobile .NET user group, which is virtual, but it's posted in both places. And the goal here is to promote a bunch of the upcoming events. Um, and we'll be using a streaming platform that John worked on, where it's very simple. It just Skype in, go, goes right to YouTube, and you get the link when you register. But the goal is, hey... Sign up for your local, you know, .NET user group, whatever you want to go in person, get that there. But then also maybe sign up for the .NET virtual user group so you'll get notified whenever any, you know, you know, user group is doing a virtual event. So they sign up, they say, hey, we're doing this event this day. They either need help streaming or don't need help streaming. And if they do, the .NET Foundation has the infrastructure, right? You just click a button, join a thing, and boom, you're live. Um, and you can chat with people and everything like that. So it's super duper cool um, to do that. So... Um, yeah, I I think it's really, really cool. Like we're, we're, we're doing this on the 10th, but yeah, definitely go over to the meetup page. We'll put in the show notes below. And if you are a user group leader, um, I'll also put a link into the, the GitHub page of how to submit your user group so they can schedule it all up and put it on there. And it's really nice. I mean, it's a good way for the Duna foundation to help and promote all of the user groups, but also for the individual user groups. To get those sessions um, from presenters out to the global community, because while there are tons of user groups all over the world, I think there's like 400 just on the Meetup Pro account. Um, there's still user groups in parts of the world th- that may never get one. Maybe the smaller community, or maybe just hard to organize or get the event space. Uh, so this is a great opportunity to bring .NET user groups to the world.
0: This is a great idea. I love it. Just love that you can sign up for and get notified when something else is going on across yeah. the world or across the country.
1: Yeah. And, I, and it will kind of inspire me to even propose this is that I'm, I'm part of a bicycle user group in Seattle and it's very similar. There's one user group and a bunch of different organizers submit different rides and you just get notified whenever there's rides around the city and you can, um, you know, do it <laughs> basically. So which cool. I love it. Cool. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week's pod. I know you got to run off to a meeting. So do I. Thanks everyone for joining in. Go over to xamarinpodcast.com to get all the podcasts, share it with a friend, keep on downloading, give us feedback and all the things. Matt, stay safe out there, wear a mask and wash your hands. I will. You too, James. You too. Oh, I will. Bye-bye. Bye.